Hey everyone, Zach here. During our recording of this episode, we went off on a 20-minute long tangent about the Fast and Furious franchise. It's a little abrupt and it comes out of nowhere, so it's not in the main show, but we figured, hey, it's at least some fun analysis on the franchise that no one thought would ever be a really a true franchise. So we tacked it on to the last 20 minutes or so of the main episode. Enjoy, folks. The Empire has been repulsed. But this one defeat will increase its determination to crush the rebellion once and for all. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Tonight we're talking a myriad of topics. So see the title once the episode's up, then you know what we're going to talk about. Check out our sponsor, SkywardFunSupply.com, from Funko Pops, the three and three quarter inch figures, and all the way the six inch black series, SkywardFunSupply.com. Your home for all your Star Wars toy needs. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I am joined by Mark. Hello, everyone. And Zenger. I slaughtered them like animals. I slaughtered them all. By the way, I'm not quoting Anakin. That's actually what was going on in the EA briefing room when they were destroying everything having to do with visceral games and any dream of a Star Wars single-player game. <laughs> all right. I, I, think we, I think we know where this episode's heading, folks. We are going Save. down the, the, the visceral road. Yeah. Save those bullets here. All right, so Zenger, I, you need to explain this to me. I am by no means a gamer. I buy maybe two console games a year, so I am pretty far removed from this. Why is everybody so upset over this EA thing? All right, so EA has um, obviously is probably never going anywhere, which isn't... A, I'm conflicted because I'm going to be saying positive things and negative things all at the same time about them. Here's the thing. They, they destroyed another star Wars single player game. Again, I just want to know when are we going to get a star Wars single player game again? That is 100% focused on single player. I understand battlefront is going to have a single player campaign, but it has the other multiplayer stuff tacked onto it. This game that they were working on, that Visceral was working on, was a single-player game, 100% single-player. And it's gone now. Well, it's... Sorry, it's not gone. It's being reworked. To me, it, it might as well be gone, to be honest. I, I, I don't see it coming back in any way, shape, or form like it originally did. If it does, I'll be amazed. But um, stuff like the 1313 game that was supposed to be this amazing single player thing didn't happen the darth maul game didn't happen um it's just star wars games seem to have a bad history of just if they're single player they go nowhere after a certain point and it's irritating to see all these things that could have been um another one and i know this one didn't get that far but i'm just going to point it out is of course the next um, force unleashed game if you played it, you obviously knew how it ended. So, I mean, come on. You you, you knew where, where they were going to follow up with another game. Never happened. And to put it honestly, there's another one that was supposed to happen where it was the Battlefront 3. Where there was supposed to be a storyline where you could conquer the galaxy. And you had a dark Obi-Wan Kenobi, too, to where he actually took mm. major spot. And it was supposed to be awesome. And it never... Nothing. Once again, nothing. So, that's... That's, I guess, my irritation of, I, I just want a cool single-player game. Like, just, just just give me another one. Or, or heck, just give us Knights of the Old Republic again. Please. <laughs> please. Just 
just just do that. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to check on my Xbox. I think you can buy buy that now. I'm 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 dumb, by the way. For for now, okay. I'm, I'm going to relinquish myself back a little bit. Well, hopefully well, that answered your question. All right, thank you. Because again, I, I'm just curious because like I, everybody was getting a little upset over this. And, like, I pointed out to you back when this happened, we're a little delayed in talking about this, but, like, there was this meme going around of, like, stick figures in the EA, like, adult figures, like, shooting the visceral child figure the in the back I of love, the head into a ditch. The thing I love about that is, remember, I had that whole rant, and then you showed me that, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. So that, it was great that somebody else was thinking in the same thought process I was about that situation, that that's what was going on. Everybody else is having these weird sort of like, uh, oh God, would that be, would that be, what would that be, adolescent side or not? It wouldn't be infanticide, but what would it be? What would that be considered, like it's a child murder? That's Just, maybe the analogy everybody keeps why, attaching why to this. I remember the Obi Wan. I remember all these. Like, like, like I, I follow it because it's Star Wars nonsense. But it's it's never bothered me. Like, it's like thirteen thirteen looked interesting, but once I heard it was like a young Boba Fett game, I couldn't care less. I'm like, keep it. I don't want it. Uh, the I remember the concept art for the dark Obi Wan thing with Battlefront. And it looked dumb. In my opinion, it just looked really like it made Obi Wan look like a homeless man. If anybody out there seen Mulholland Drive. Imagine the Winkies man guy who lives in the dumpster behind Winkies combined with Obi-Wan. That's essentially what it looks like. You look at, the, at this homeless-looking Obi-Wan, and, like, no offense, Sanger. Everyone's like, oh, man, I can't wait to play as homeless Obi-Wan. It's like, does it come with a scratch-and-sniff car so you can smell him, too, while you're playing him? See, uh, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I, I mentioned that one because it just it popped back into my head as something else. Because I was sitting there pondering the other day about, you know, what all got nixed. And that that popped in. I'm like, that was cool. And I'm like, I wish I could have seen what happened with it. Like, it's just one of those. It's like, yeah, all of these games could have been the most terrible, like piles of garbage we've ever played in our lives. But that's the thing. We'll never know because they never gave them the opportunity. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like there is a certain sort of appeal with something like the moment it's taken away. It's always the idea, um, idea of what if I, I, I feel that's always this weird sort of like. Not rose tinted glasses, but it's just—it's kind of like I don't know. Would that be the opposite of nostalgia? Like, like pining for something that you'll never be able to have because it just will never exist. Even if it, it's kind of like—I'm oh, not maybe case Zanger. Tell me if this is a wrong sort of like analogy, but it's kind of like the Duke Nukem game, like that was like originally yeah. produced like in the mid '90s and it kept getting delayed. And then, like, it completely got shelled for, like, what, like a decade and a half? Yep. And then they brought it back. It was, basically had nothing in common with the original game. Or at that point, kind of the allure had kind of worn off. Mm-hmm. And you that, are okay, correct so, with all that. All right. So, But, like, that's what I feel. Though. I feel a lot of people just like the idea of something that's just taken away prematurely or before it's ever realized. And so it's also it, it's something to complain about, which I'm very good at. But... Yeah, like I'm looking at the picture of the Obi Wan thing right now. I have to post it in the show notes, but it's a really weird image. Like, like I, yeah, I know like we talked about the weird Force Unleashed thing with like the fingernail Star Killer. I never like that. This is like taking that and like dialing it up to like twelve. <laughs> well, like, Mark, have you ever seen this before? The Obi Wan. No, I have not. All right, I'm, I'm doing a screen share. Let's see. Like, like Zenger always says, this is great podcasting. All right, let's see. This is great <laughs> podcasting content right here. 
Yeah. It's oh, hard. Cool. You're looking the same one I am. So where's yeah. this from? Uh, it's from the video. This was supposed to be. Game. Yeah, it's supposed to be from the Battlefront game, the third one. Like there was supposed to be an alternate reality uh, thing. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> it's weird. Like they give me like this weird mustache and he's bald for some reason, and yet for some reason he became like an orc between. I don't even know when this was going to be taking place. Like it's supposed nothing to be about taking- this. Scream's good idea. This is alternate universe, or you know, it was supposed to be an can't. alternate storyline where he took, where he was the one that fell to the dark side instead of Vader. Would have been something interesting. Like, why not? Why oh, would I you see make the Obi- uh, concept art underneath there? Yeah. How would you make Obi Wan a bad guy though? That's such a but weird idea. It's it's something to sell games. It's something to sell the idea of, but, the, but, of the game. You know what comes across as it's it's like the like oh god, Sager, you know your comics more than I do. It's like when they made Superman the like oh god what's it the injustice storyline where Superman becomes homicidal. Um yeah, there's that. There's also okay you 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 brought this on yourself. Um there's also <laughs> the Earth Two Superman, which is actually called Ultraman, and he's basically what if Superman was evil, and that's the entire Justice League is basically evil versions. There's technically, if you want to call him evil, there's Superman Red Sun, where he was raised in Russia and becomes like. Yeah. Russia's greatest <laughs> hero and everything. So I mean, there's there's a lot of things where they've Makes switched. Think about Rocky there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically like um, it's it's really interesting. But yeah, it's something that I mean, I I count I, I I always always like the the Elseworld or you know different stories and everything. It's 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 really cool and I like it. But I understand some people don't like it's, you know, it's fine. This reminds me. Um, although before I get into this, um. I just want to say I bought tickets for uh, Justice League already for the uh, you know next month, but uh, oh uh, yeah, so I'm only seeing it on opening night. But anyways, um, coming back to this, uh, didn't they make comics for uh, Star Wars like like an alternate universe? It was called something. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking. You mean the yeah. ones where like Leia gets captured by by Vader and everything? Yeah, it, it has a name. I don't. Is I know it Infinities? what it's called. Isn't it Infinities or Infinity? Yeah, so, yeah or? it had it had it well, was called like Star Wars Infinity. Someone had mentioned does, it. it was like or Star Wars Infinites or something like that. Doesn't it was one like, of those oh. end with like Yoda piloting the Death Star into Coruscant to kill the Emperor? <laughs> I, I I don't know. Okay, um, hold on. I, I can't continue. Let, let me get this page. And people have the nerve to say that Han Solo surviving a nuclear blast was jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! That's like I, I, I remember my only thing from Star Star Wars movies have one good story, and that was um, I think it's when it explained Grievous like his backstory, which I think they did make canon like a few couple months later, maybe a couple years later. That was the only time like oh god when when the EU went really off the rails. But, like, <laughs> no, the- like, Okay, they went off the rails when they made Skippy the Jedi droid. Remember that droid that blew up and they're like, hey, it's got a bad motivator? You've mentioned this before. Yes, I have, because it's the strangest freaking stuff you'll ever hear. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, we, I think we could all say that the EU went, you know, in some weird directions. Uh, <laughs> and, well, the um, EU did, like, well, that was a good thing. Of, well, okay, I, I never read a lot of the EU, but... Uh, I, I, I respect it in the sense it, it, it wasn't Gonzo because Lucas didn't care. <laughs> and it's just, again, it wasn't Gonzo. It did. Like, like there's more instances. Like, most of the EU is garbage. Most of it's just flat vanilla. Um, it just regurgitates a lot of the same ideas. But, like, when the, e, like, the EU was at its greatest when it when it hit the right notes of Star Wars. E, like, again, 
Thrawn, things like that, or yeah. when it went completely off the rails. That's that's when the EU was perfect. It was it was these weird sort of like extreme instances. Yes, you are correct. It is Star Wars Infamies, Inf- yeah. Infinities. Okay, yeah, so it's a goof. It, it was a goof. Like I remember the only other image I remember from that, and I'm surprised we did not get this during Rebels season two. Was there's an image from Infinities where Infinities? Why well, I keep saying it that way? Infinities. There was um, Vader shoving the lightsaber through his chest in order to impale Darth Maul, which is still a, it's a really cool image. And I, I, I was like, it was one of those ones I was like, I was willing to bet money during the season two finale of Rebels where Darth Maul shows up. And then you have, because we all knew Vader was showing up too at that point. But I was, I was like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to fake us out because we all thought it was going to be Ahsoka versus Vader, but they're going to have Maul versus Vader. And I was surprised they didn't go down that path. For some, considering that, a Maul Vader matchup has been something that I guess the fans, I don't want to say wanted, because I don't think anyone's ever specifically wanted it, but it's been one of those ideas that's been floating around since 99. I don't know why they just didn't at least have a brief moment of it, even if it didn't go beyond like maybe five seconds. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find this. Like, I'm finding every panel but the one where it's, where it's him in the pilot seat going, ha ha. <laughs> that would have been cool. Uh, I, I admit, that would have been cool. <laughs> Yippee. Are you still looking for the Yoda thing? I am. I'm, like, finding, like, I'm not joking, every single panel but the one that I need, like, that shows him piloting it. Yep. Infinity's was dumb, man. Like, it had some good moments, but it was more or less dumb. <laughs> You know the uh, uh, the thing about Grievous, real quick. Um, I think that idea was kept up. Like, you know, the idea yeah. of the Grievous being like a Vader 1.0 type of thing. I think that was something that was kept on that 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 mm-hmm. that, that um, the Clone Wars alluded to. You know, he was a yeah. He's a creature. Well, they kept it. Yeah. I, I think it got. I think it got brought over. I'm. I'm almost certain of that. In the sense of, again, like it's not. I don't think it's been brought over into the new canon. But it's uh, it was there for EU. I guess probably that's the weird thing with Star Wars canon at this point. So much of this stuff is like it's not wrong because they don't have enough time to address every single aspect of the EU. So like it's just in this weird space of like, well, technically it's not canon, but we don't have the we technically don't have a basis for what is canon at that specific point. So again, it's like Boba Fett. Is Boba Fett alive after the Return of the Jedi? Maybe, maybe not. It, it's really weird where like we really don't know a lot of what's going on for some of these characters just because I guess even they don't know. Right. Hey, you know what? We didn't get this summer. We didn't get a uh, confirmation of a th- of the third spinoff. You know, not we an official one wasn't happening. But yeah, but you know, like it was like Kathleen Kennedy had said you know months ago. She said that we will get something by the end of the summer. No, she and said we'll decide what we're doing by the end of the summer. Uh, they were never. So you gotta I, catch I, that wording. Well, everything now is semantics with them. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, oh, I definitely, bet they. Yeah. I bet they. I would imagine within the first month of the Lucasfilm sale, they outlined what they were going to do for the next decade. Like it, it's what more. It's like I remember hearing these stories about Pixar. Uh, Pixar. There, there was this infamous rumor with Pixar that back in the early 90s, John Lasseter, Steve Jobs, and I, I forget who else, another name, they're just the two major names. They sat around a, a conference table and they and they literally mapped out what their, every right. single film they were going to do for a second. 
They were going to map right. out every film they were going to do for the next decade. And that was going to be, I think it ended with Up. I think Up was the last film they mapped out. And that's why after Up, Pixar really, with the exception of like Inside Out, really hasn't, it's kind of like lost the magic because they really did not have anything planned beyond that. And like obviously the sequels came, like, they, like obviously they didn't think of Toy Story 2 before Toy Story 1. But um, no, that like I said, but anyway, back. I think Lucasfilm has mapped out the next decade worth of projects at the very least, much like Marvel has and everything else. Go ahead, Zenger. Oh no, I, I got it on screen share. I got the closest okay, so. thing I could because I swear that there is one with him in the pilot seat. But he, <laughs> oh, you know, says coming to see you. I am now. And then if we go to this image <laughs> of the Death Star landing, Lame Falcon flying off, and Luke being like, "See you later, Master." <laughs> Just killed thousands, but whatever. Thousands, <laughs> millions, thousands. whatever. Millions, if not I, I, millions. I think I think there was an evacuation done or something. Oh, of course. Right. So, anything else we want to talk about the visceral game, or are we done? I, I, Mark, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, no, I mean, I, I, I'm just here to hear, you know, hear, uh, you know, you guys air out about, you know, the whole visceral stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not a gamer, so I don't. You know, the announcement struck me kind of odd because it sounded like, you know, it was getting close to that finish line. But uh, it there there's so much of it done. That's the thing. I'm like, why? Why would you scrap it at that point? There is no way a game is that bad or that unsalvageable. I, yeah, I really don't get this idea of games that are like three quarters or 80 percent done. And then all of a sudden it gets canceled or something. Well, it's like, you, you know, there's a Darth Maul game, too, that's like was in like, I think, Alpha Stage almost. Which yeah, is pretty freaking far along for a game to be in. Yeah, and then there was that with that that Star Wars thirteen thirteen game, and yeah, that one that was, one was pretty far. All of these games are always so far along when they get canned. Yeah, well, it, you know, I don't. Know. Is it, is it because how, they're getting bad reviews or something? Or? Okay, when they're able to do like a playable demo, that normally means you're pretty far into it. Like not a pre rendered thing, but a playable demo at like a convention or something. That means you're 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 a good bit into it. So yeah, but isn't that kind? Of, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a real estate analogy right here. Was that this always reminds me of something you do in real estate? Like, let's say you're trying to get a housing development started. You have a whole plot. You have a lot of land, but you need investors to buy your plot of land so you can build houses. So you want to know how how far along this is? Whoa, but Hansik, though, but not to how far, but like you're saying, if they have like a playable demo, they can like show off at E3. That means they're pretty far along. Can't they just deliberately make something explicitly for that purpose, just to make it look that look that way for appearances' sake? Yes, they can, but I, I don't I don't know. Well, that's what I remember with the thirteen thirteen game. There was like two pieces of concept art, and there was like that one level you have like like before they talk, like it wasn't Boba Fett. They were keeping that hidden until after they canceled the game. But you had like the like the young bounty hunter guy sneaking around like into like the. Oh god, what was it from the Clone Wars? That weird thing like that would go down to Coruscant, but like it was like the weird sort of like shuttles that would just move. Oh, like, they're yeah, kind of yeah. this weird like yeah, elevator. And I remember that like you could like sneak around. It was like Gears of War, but Star Wars. Like all you could like hide behind cover and that was it. And cover, like third person cover shooter. Well yeah, and that's and again, Zenger, tell me if I'm wrong. But like I've heard that's the laziest form of creating a game possible because it's such all you do is plug in your own elements and the game more or less designs itself. Uh, um, eh. 
<laughs> All right, I'll take that. I'll take yeah, that. So it's, it's, it's just I, I can't do it, so I mean, it's more advanced than something I can do. Are you a game developer? No, I am not. No. All right. Maybe, maybe I'm a game uh, player. At every chance I a, get. Right. Maybe there's oh. some game insiders or something that are seeing development and like they they predict that it's not going to do well, even though it's gone. Yeah, development of the game is like pretty far on, you know, far into thing, far into it, like eighty percent or something. But then, these uh, game insiders are like, "Nah, this isn't gonna work out after all," or something. And that's why they you hear, you hear them getting canceled all of a sudden. Well, I yeah, think a lot like, of it too has to come to like again, it, it's it's office politics. It's right. like it's like what happened with LucasArts. LucasArts, again, they hadn't churned out a game in a while, but could have Disney kept them going and let them design the game instead of having EA do it? Yeah, but it's called, nope, we're shutting it down. And there's things like that where if you, let's say you, whoever's in charge, again, this is my own speculation, but let's say you have someone who's in charge of the Visceral game, and they just don't get along with somebody in the EA hierarchy. And guess what? If you want to shut, that happens all the time with corporate politics, it's just something happens, and you. I'm not saying something trivial happens, but you just have fr- creative friction, or you have inter-office friction, and right. something gets sacrificed in the process. It's like, okay, I'm going to torpedo your project to show you who's boss, and people have to realize that happens a lot. Happens oh, more. Yeah. Happens more often than not. Trust me. Like Star, like Zenger says, it's a Star Wars game. You, you slap the logo on it, and people are going to buy it. it. Doesn't matter what. It could be an empty <laughs> game as long as there's a disc in the packaging. That's all that matters. And, and that's what it comes down to. This nonsense of well, maybe it wouldn't sit there. Maybe it wouldn't sell, or maybe something else happened, or the reception. It has nothing to do with that. You have all these games. Plus, all you got to do is bribe the game, the gaming reviewers, and they'll say they'll give anything a ten out of ten. So uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that works out well all the time, Kanan Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, well, well, but look at it though. You look, my problem with the gaming, and I kind of, this is where I kind of became very cynical with gaming, is that you look at these games and it's like, oh, Call of Duty 48, 9.8 out of 10. And you look at the review for the previous one that they gave a 9.4. In the review for the one they gave a 9.8, they say this game is much worse than its predecessor. It's like what? Like, did anybody even, like, edit this? Or was this just passed off first draft? It's like, that's where it's, like, it's, that's why gaming, like, the gaming, uh, I guess, critics, it's like, that's a, that's a farce, too. But, yeah, um, I don't know what else to say about the whole visceral thing other than, you know, bring on the next games, I guess, you know, Battlefront 2. Well, tell your wife you need a console. Yeah, so how is a Star Wars game not salvageable? Explain, like, how is this just that unsalvageable? Sorry to get us back on topic. But how is just that unsalvageable? Seriously. Like, I just, that's the thing. It's like, there. It, it seems to be like this curse of, oh, you're doing a Star Wars game. Is it multiplayer? It's not. Up. Oh, good luck. <laughs> well, I think I, that's also the marketplace, too. I, it, well, that's that's the other thing. This is something that probably would be better discussed on Zingness. But I, I just, I don't know. There's There's a ton of people that are mentioning kind of the, hey, you know, are single player games dying? And I'm like, I don't think they are. I, I think I think they that single player is still there. You just need to make a viable market for it. Um Yeah. I, I think it's also about the game itself. Like you oh, know yeah. a, like a Sonic game works fine being single player, but you know, a Star Wars game, it's like it's, you know, it's got it's got its own flavor, it's its own thing. So, you know, there are some things that you can do with a Star Wars game that will be successful for it. 
that won't be successful in other for other IPs and vice versa. So that's just, I mean, that's just a guess of mine. So, um, yeah, yeah I don't know, but, uh, well, I was going to say, you got a game like, um, like Witcher, which, which your three has, I guarantee you over 40 hours of content. If, if you're trying, and I mean, they put out tons of expansion stuff like that. And that game is one of the best games I've ever played. And a lot of critics say it's the best game. It has zero multiplayer because they put so much effort into making the story and the single player that amazing. So it's like, how can you not do that with a Star Wars game? Or why can't, once again, why can't you just give us Old Republic? Please. <laughs> I, but by, by then tonight, it will be downloaded on my Xbox. They did release backwards compatibility to the Xbox, so I can technically buy it and play it on there. Because right. for some mean, reason, it doesn't work on my laptop. Well, my it's computer. also worth noting that there's probably, think about it, most of what goes on in gaming now, at least in this is console gaming, I'm not talking about uh, phones and stuff like that, is that there's a lot of, they make their money off of DLC mm-hmm. and other stupid things like that. There's a lot. The, the opportunities aren't as bountiful with single player, are there as there are with multiplayer? Uh, debatable, it's, but yes. It, well, yeah. it's not, well, think about that. It's easier to convince somebody every three months to spend an additional fifteen dollars or buy a season pass for fifty bucks at, at launch, other than three months down the line. Hey, you want to play another like three missions in the single player? Because the whole point of it's like think of like a single player game, like kind of like reading a book. You read a book and the book ends, and then it's like, oh wait, there's still three more chapters that have really nothing to do with the main story. There's kind of appendixes to the book, and it's like, okay, sure. And you do that once, like, yeah, that really wasn't fulfilling. And I think that's, I think there's also a thing there where again they go where the money is. If there was money in single players, or if that was what's super popular, I think you'd be seeing a lot more of that right now. I could discuss against that, but I'm going to okay. refrain because, I mean, I, I'm sure we want to move on to other topics right now. Can you be concise I'm, with it? Can you do it under four sentences? I'm not saying <laughs> you're wrong, but it depends on – that's I, I keep bringing up Witcher because Witcher's like this weird outlier done by a small studio that got you know so many accolades. Their expansions added 20 to 30 hours, if not 40 hours, to gameplay each each added and they did two they also did over 20 some downloads of content for free because they even had a note in saying hey thanks for buying our game here's here's you know this 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 extra content for free and it's like they they did all of that added 60 some hours to a game that was already way too much to do and it's and it's and it's all a great you know continuing storyline that 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 has its own beginning middle and end do it. I guess that I, I a I am rather ignorant on games, so I don't know everything. In mm-hmm. B, why well, I say like I said, I don't know. But considering these are all trip, this game you keep talking about is it a triple A yeah. title? Yes, it is a triple A title. It is all the right. third one of its series, and it departed drastically from its original. So a lot of people were worried about you know is this going to live up to what its original did or what the other two did? But it just completely changed it and did so well. All right. Sorry, I need to that. play The Witcher 3 again. I haven't played in a while. This, this, this right. is me talking myself into playing it. Afterwards. There we go. After Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Uh, I, I See, it was me trying to avoid buying that, but now, yeah. There you go. All right. We're going to move on to Rebels. But before we do okay, before we do that, though, 
I just want to point out, I'm looking at uh, Star Wars Infinity's panels, and there's a great line between the Darth Maul and Vader fight where Vader says, Maul is dead. You are a sham. And Maul says, no. <laughs> See, that's, that is Star Wars EU at its finest. It's probably going to be the title of this episode. Maul is dead. You are a sham. No. no. Not even no. no exclamation mark. It's no ellipses. So it's no. You are a sham. Not you are a fake. You are inferior is a sham. You are a sham Darth Maul. <laughs> All right. Like I said, you can't. T- I said, that's why the EU was great when it just it was just, it was it was bonkers. Anyway, though, Rebels. All right. So Mark is caught up on Rebels. I am caught up on Rebels. Zenger, are you caught up on Rebels? I understand what's going on, but I have not watched it. Have you watched any, any of season four? No. No. Okay. So you're, you're I've watched like one. clips here and there, but I, I I know what's going on vaguely, so I have questions, stupid oh. ones, mind you. All right. Uh, so, okay, Mark, how do we want to approach this? Do we do a spoiler warning? Or is it, um, is, is, do we really need a spoiler warning for something like this? Well, I mean, these episodes have already passed, so, you know. Don't, don't worry, I, I got this. Don't be zingers. Go actually watch Rebels. All right. If you haven't watched Rebels, we're really not giving anything away. I, I, right, Mark? There's really nothing really monumental in any of this, right? Yeah, nothing too monumental. I mean, the only thing is there, there have been, like, uh, sort of, like, Illusions, you know, things that allude to that foreshadow certain events that we see in Rogue One. So, but that's about it. Uh, but not, nothing monumental, like you know, it's not no Ahsoka coming back. You know, that hasn't happened in any of these four episodes. Spoiler uh, alert: Han Solo <laughs> dies. We're covered. We've covered our bases. Yeah, so we're good now. That's what we do. It's funny on every single video that I watch, where like on YouTube, where like it begins with a spoiler alert. I always write in the comments, "Spoiler alert: Han Solo dies." It's just the easiest blanket way to sit there, and it usually gets at least two or three thumbs up. So I'm happy. Right. I, you, have, you have no idea how. I, okay, I have to ask you this, Mark. You obviously saw Force Awakens opening night. Zanger, did you see it opening night? Uh, did I? <laughs> It, with, with, within the day or two after, I know it was very shortly after. Okay, well, I'll know about you. Like, okay, because Zenger is the Simpsons guy. You know, Zenger knows the inf- the infamous joke in the Simpsons where Homer's coming out of the Empire Strikes Back and goes, "Wow, who is oh, that Darth one? Vader's uh-huh. yeah. father?" And, and obviously, the whole crowd erupts. So oh. Yeah, as I as I remember walking because I was in the very first showing of the Force Awakens, uh, seven p.m. the Thursday night, and so I got out by like I don't know nine thirty or so, and there's like tons of people waiting in line for like the nine thirty and like ten o'clock showings, and somebody like, I was just waiting for someone to be like a jerk and say like Han Solo dies <laughs> or 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 Ben or Ben Solo is Kylo Ren, like something like that, and like and the best thing was. Some guy turns around, does the exact Homer line verbatim, and everybody in line laughed all at once because everybody got the joke. Like, not uh, like, like, like the irony, like, oh no, he's making a, a joke about the Empire, like Empire Strikes Back. But everyone got the Simpsons reference. It was fantastic. Yeah, no. Hey, um, you know, that, that episode was like, I saw that way before I uh, had seen Empire Strikes Back. 
Oh, so, me, so Homer actually ruined the, the plot twist for you. Yeah, although many other uh, things also ruined the plot twist for me. Uh, you know, other pop culture references, you know, other things that made you know reference to that, you know, uh, already ruined it for me. Uh, but I knew, I knew about you know him being, you know, Luke's father. Um, you know, even without that episode. But yeah, no, it is a. I, I not, knew it. Uh, you can't get away from those references. Not to get us more off topic, but I have to ask this: Which is the worst kept plot spoiler in cinematic history? Luke, I, uh, Luke, I am your father, or I see dead people. Bruce Willis is dead. Sixth Sense. Which is the worst kept plot spoiler? Uh, uh, so I have you quoting it wrong. I mean, I know, um, I know, it, I, I know. It's no, I am your father, but just why? It, it's for context sake. Okay. Um, I was good. I was good at critique myself or amend what I said, but you know, I was just—it was easier to say it that way. Um, I would say Sixth Sense is more ruined. Mark, I—I I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe um, I have not seen uh, the, those uh, other movies, uh, the non-Star Wars <laughs> ones you just mentioned. See, so I have seen the Sixth I, Sense. I, I have heard those lines, though. I have heard I see dead people. Yeah. Um, so you know, I've, I've I've seen those I've heard those references many times. Anyway, though rebels. So Zagger, do you have any questions before Mark and I just go into a recap? Go, go for it, and I I will ask at the end. All, All right. right, Mark, you go ahead because you got to see the first episode back in April. I did, and you know I had to do a rewatch of it uh, when the season premiered, and uh, you know the the first episode makes it seem like um, you know, the the family, well the parents. Uh, well, the mom and the brother of uh, Sabine uh, were killed at the end, but turns out they, they didn't. They weren't killed after all. They were just building up a uh, you know the suspense. Which oh, which I want to I want to say that these uh, for the first time in um, in Rebels, it's now we're getting a multi episode uh, arcs. Uh, they're they're two parters, you know, but but at least they're multi episode. Uh, so the first two have to do with, uh, an adventure that they have in, uh, Mandalore, but, you know, after Mandalore has been pretty much dried up and whatnot. Um, so you don't see the, uh, you don't see the Mandalore that you see in the Clone Wars. Um, you see, I, maybe I guess they're like in like in a desert part of Mandalore or something, but anyways, um, so... The whole idea is that they find out that this is this is a super weapon of sorts um, that kills Mandalorians. It uses the armor of Mandalorians uh, against them, against Mandalorians themselves. So it's like the bodies of the Mandalorians get zapped because this weapon uh, targets their armor in such a way that it it's like it's like super kryptonite to the uh, to Mandalorians. Um, so, like I said, the first one, and, and the, by the end of the first episode, you're made to believe that something happened to Sabine's mom and brother, but it turns out that they actually survived this blast of the, from the super weapon, and um, unfortunately, though, some of the people, some of the other Mandalorians that were with them um, did not survive it. Um, so that was the first episode. Uh, the second episode, oh, and the, the one of the, one of the, uh, main conundrums in in these two episodes is that um, this super weapon uses technology that Sabine had originally been done when she was you know in the Empire in the uh, Imperial Academy 
So, you know, she kind of has this sort of, like, moment of, like, feeling like she's at fault and whatnot. Uh, but she makes up for it in, you know, in the second episode. And, um, and the, other, the other thing, too, is that, okay, so there's a squad of Mandalorians uh, that are working for the Empire. Um, I forget the name of them, but, um, and there's, a, there's the name of the guy, uh, his last name is uh, Claxton. I think that's his last name. Um, was it was it uh, was it Claxton or what was it? Something name? Saxon. Because I know his brother was Gar Saxon. I forget what his name is. The brother of Gar Saxon. Yeah. So so Saxon. So this guy and his crew, they're working for the Empire. And the reason that they're working for the Empire is because they felt like they had no choice. Uh, you know, the, for regards to survival, that you know they had to latch onto the Empire to survive. Um, if they didn't latch on, they would be considered, you know, uh, renegades, um, and they would be hunted down, like, just like, you know, rebel, the rebels are getting hunted down. But anyways, um, there's, there's a moment in, in the second episode where, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, Sax, one of the guys that works for Saxon, um, kind of has, uh, epiphany that, you know, perhaps they're doing, they, the, they have been in the wrong side after all that they, you know, that they're doing things that, you know, men, Lawrence would never do, which is, you know, kill their own people. Um, so, you know, there's a, so, you know, this, so the guy faces the dilemma, uh, Saxon himself, you know, he kind of tries to like, you know, tell him snap out of it. You know, we're, we're working for the empire now, but in the end, I think he, uh, you know, and, in the episode, the second episode, so they're you know the guy's starting to zap, you know some uh, some of the uh, some, <clears throat> excuse me, the guy's starting to zap you know Sabine and a few others, a uh, few other Mandalorians. Uh, he doesn't use full power on them, so they don't get killed. But um, luckily, um, you know Sabine was able to, to you know escape from that from this uh, zaps of electricity that they were being thrown to. Uh, and, um, Saxon doesn't get killed either, um, but, um, they managed to escape from there. So that's what happens in the, in that second episode. Um, so yeah, so that's, so uh, that is the, uh, beginning of Rebel Season 4. Um, now, and then the next two episodes have to, well, to do with well, another well, I want to get into these. I like the, okay, so, uh... I wasn't too thrilled with the the season opening. I thought it was rather bland, like in the sense of like like Mark described. It, I appreciate that we're going back to episode arcs, and while I do like again the, the stories evolve over more than just one episode, I absolutely hate what Clone Wars to do where they drag it out for four or five. I can still I, I still have nightmares about that one um, during the Clone Wars where you have. Oh god, what was his name? The little frog guy. He's leading uh, R2 and all the other droids through like the desert and all this. I still have nightmares about waiting five weeks for that entire story arc to conclude. Uh, oh man, that went on forever. Uh, that was that was truly a never-ending story. I think somewhere that story is still being written. But uh, no, I um, I, I found it kind of underwhelming because Mark told me about the season one opening. I think we actually talked about that during our live celebration episode back in April. Uh, so I knew about that, and plus I think it was kind of underwhelming what they did with uh, the, the mother and the brother of Sabine, where it's like, oh, they were just high. It's like, mom, brother, where are you? Or it's like, I'm so sorry, and they're like, we're over here. We hid in the crack in the ground, <laughs> and it's like, oh, like that, that, that <laughs> yeah. just undercuts it. It just, under, it's like, oh, you can see from a mile away that they're not going to die. Uh, and then like eventually you get the whole thing with Mandalore, where they keep killing off the the Saxon clan 
And obviously there's going to be some sort of revolution on Mandalore. I think what they, again, I have no idea, but I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually get a book series. And notice I say series, not a one-off book. That we get something, something with the Mandalorians during the Galactic Civil War or right afterwards. Because I feel this, I know people have said this on the internet already, so this is not a, a novel idea for me. But I feel this could be the Star Wars Game of Thrones, where you you do get like all these different clans fighting for each other. You have the armor. Uh, we all know Mandalorian armor and merchandising is a, is a license to print money. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I I think they might be going down because the fact the thing about like she gives the dark saber to Bo Katan, and that's pretty much how it ends. It, there's really and she comes back with the ghost crew, and that's where obviously the third and fourth episodes pick up. Uh, yeah, I, I think we are going to go back to Mandalore, but it's not going to be from the viewpoint of of rebels. Yeah, perhaps, and you know, to come back on that point about the, the whole mom and brother thing. You know, one of the uh, complaints, one of the main, com- one of the complaints that um, Rebels has had, um, you know, throughout its whole, you know, throughout the whole series is that, you know, they're not, they're, the stakes aren't, are never really, you know, being raised high. That, you know, not like in like, and it could be because this is a, this is a series that's on Disney and not like, you know, Cartoon Network where they were able to take risk and go there, you know, um, you know, uh, but, um, that's one of the main complaints about rebels overall that they don't kind of, they don't take those risks and they're not you know they don't uh, they're not raising the stakes um, so you know it's just kind of you know when they do this kind of thing where like you know they it, it looks like somebody you know got killed but turns out oh no they're not killed after all um, you know it's just you know they uh, there's no weight to it you know that's the thing um, there's no dramatic weight to it and um, so that's one of the, uh, that's one of the, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to comment on be, uh, about that whole, you know, it felt like a cop out essentially, you know, when, you know, like here I am like at a, at a, you know, Star Wars celebration and, you know, I'm made to believe that something actually did happen, you know, like to the mom and the brother. So, you know, you got, you know, it got deeper, you know, it's getting, you know, the theme got deep and then the second episode comes out and it's like, oh no, they survived after all like oh well that was not you know that well i don't know though because i i thought was i it's funny over the last i remember i remember when rebels premiered back three years ago i was like i couldn't i really was just so like i you know what it it looked like such a cynical cash grab because it just looked rushed and so i really didn't appreciate it at the time but, like, a couple months ago, I bought the, the Blu-ray of the first season. I had never watched, really, any of the episodes since then. And I rewatched it, because I really liked season two. I really loved season two. And so I watched season one a couple, like, a month or so ago. And I'm like, I really appreciate it. I'm like, wow, this is, like, like the animation's rough. Like, the Wookiees and, like, that one episode, just, oh, God. It's, it, it, it's just a solid two or three steps away from what the Clone Wars was doing. But as I watched it, and I'm still working through my season uh, season three Blu-ray. I have to say, I like Rebels more than Clone Wars. And I think the reason why that is, is that I think there's actual... There's, there's a heart to Rebels that Clone Wars never had. Clone Wars was very cold. Outside of, outside of the Ahsoka thing. Outside of Ahsoka. 
most of the Clone Wars is very a very cold, bleak, in, in thematically, it's there on purpose. And I feel you that the same thing's happening during Rebels, but you do have that, I guess, that warmth of family. It feels like every character in Rebels, even though they are, it, it, it fits the same problems, I guess, if you want to call them problems, as Rogue One has. Where they're all, like, we've gotten into some of the stuff with Rebel, I'm not Rebels, I'm with Hera and her family, and Sabine now with season four. But I, I feel like there is something, there's, there's a, definitely a warmth to Rebels that there wasn't present in the Clone Wars. And I feel we're going to look back on Rebels as being, again, it might be a couple years from now, but we're going to see is Rebels is going to be the show that ended too early, not Clone Wars. Right. Yeah, I mean, that may feel like that. We'll have to see how episode, uh, how season four, you know, hashes out. Um, and then from then on, you know, people will, you know, take a few years to reflect back on it and see, you know, you know whether or not the show ended too early, whether or not it wasn't really worth it, or or, or it was a total failure, or whatever. You know, we're. I have a we're, feeling. We're, I, I I just get the feeling from this epi- from this season that never mind they're burning two episodes a week, which is never a good sign when they start just like again they're just basically dumping the episodes. Unless uh, they're trying to get to something else, they want to get this over with so they can focus on the next series. Well, that's well essentially. No, well, what, I'm, what I think's happening is that it, it's this stupid Han Solo movie that's causing all these problems. Because or what, okay, it's or, that stupid Last Jedi that might reveal something. No, no, it has nothing. No. Last Jedi in, in in Rebels are so far removed from each other. I, I'm not concerned with that, and I don't no, mean this. Find out Ezra, Ezra is actually. Not, uh, yeah. Well, so, why me? But why me? Ezra Snoke. <laughs> well, he is Ezra Bridger. He is the bridge between. Yes. yes. See. See. Um, I stole that from someone. So that's that's another one that's not mine. Yeah, anyway, I'm stealing that. What I'm talking about from someone too. There you go. Uh, no. So, but what I mean by the stupid Han Solo movie interfering with this, I don't mean like in a narrative sense, like Rebels is going to spill the beans about something or the other way around. Because think about Rebel. Look at the last two years. In in late March, Rebels comes to an end, and then you have the Blu-ray or the home video release of the latest Star Wars film come out. And basically, what happens is that 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 happens. Lucasfilm kind of I don't want to say Lucasfilm goes into hiding, but they kind of they they do their end of March Rebels, beginning of April Blu-ray, mid-April Celebration. I know they're not having a celebration next year. But that's usually how it works, and then you usually get your trailer around late April, early May, so it can premiere at the latest Marvel movie, and then you really don't hear anything for most of the summer, and then early fall you get toys, and then you start the, 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 the marketing push for the new film come December. There's a very clear pattern that, they're, that, that they work with now, but with the stupid Han Solo movie, they're going to have to sit there play around with the marketing timetable for everything. Because think about it. We're going to have Rebels come to an end sometime in late March. And it's going to be the series finale. So that's going to definitely be part of their marketing thing. They're definitely going to want to tout this as, oh, the end of the first series that we've been working on. Especially, again, the characters are important at this point. 
And then you have that comes to an end. Then early April, you have the 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 the, the movie of the Last Jedi on DVD. Yay! And then two weeks later, you're gonna have the market. You're gonna have the toy push for the Han Solo movie. Then a month later, Han Solo movie. And, and that's mm-hmm. it. You're going to have, it's going to be like, I know all these Star Wars fans, I keep, this is starting to come up a lot now in conversation or like on YouTube videos. Everyone's like, what are we going to do for 19 months without any new Star Wars stuff? It's like, folks, Live. relax. They're going to have a new Star Wars series ready for you come September 2018. There's no way they're going to sit there and go an entire 19 months with just books and comics filling that void. There's no mm-hmm. way you're going to get some sort of visual medium. Project visual media project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think though, what we're making a mistake at here is trying to equate, uh, you know, marketing of a cartoon series, uh, even though it's Star Wars, with marketing of a of a movie of a, based off a character that you know that's very that's a popular character in pop culture. I think we're I think we're falling into a trap of equating this because um, we gotta realize that you know Rebels has a more relatively speaking a niche audience compared to what you know what uh the han solo the solo it's called solo now but we'll get into that in here in a bit uh with solo uh you know what their what their audience is is much bigger than what the rebels audience is so we can't really you know make an assessment well, like that but 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 it's think about it as star wars fans there's only think about it, it's also lucasfilm's or you call it marketing department there's only so much you can market at once. You cannot be marketing a hundred things all at once, and you gotta give all the stuff. It's and that's what I'm saying. They are they. You can't put all of it out at once because it just overload. It's like if they really think about it, if Lucasfilm released the toys Rebels season four or series finale. Uh, a new trailer. They did that all in the span of like two weeks. It would get lost in the shuffle. Think of what happened the day before. Uh, Force Friday this year, where they released all this information about all the toys, and people had no idea what was coming out because some of the toys were coming out the next day, others weren't coming out until October, others not until November, some not until December, and you have all this information and no anything about. It. We're hardcore fans. We are right. schmucks recording this so other sh- people can listen to it. I almost said schmucks, but I corrected myself, but. You have all this. Like we are diehard. Like they don't have to sell us on anything. We will be there with the shut up and take my money mind frame. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Right, but the problem. Right. But, but the problem is that you are. Think about it. You have people watching Rebels. You have kids watching Rebels. You have casual people. You have all this. Think about it. You're going to have all this stuff in the span of roughly a month and a half. Like these marketing plans are not crafted weeks in advance. The Han Solo marketing plan was probably crafted roughly a year ago. And, and that's what it comes to. Obviously, when the Lord and Miller stuff happens, that definitely throws a wrench into it. But you can always course correct when you're this far away. And that's why they design all this stuff so far in advance. It's not the idea of equating all this on the same level, but the whole point is to get the, the spotlight for all these things. The more spotlight you get, the better it is for that individual thing. And yes, I do feel that Rebels will always get the short end of the stick because it's, for some reason, it doesn't get the respect it deserves on many levels, especially from, from its corporate masters. But I think that's why, that's why they're burning through episodes two at a time. They just want to get Rebels out the door. 
They just want to get it out the door so they don't have to worry about it until its own Blu-ray release come August of 2018. Right. Has it been confirmed that uh, Rebels, uh, the last episode, the last episode or so, uh, Rebels is going to be in March? Has it been confirmed? Or? It's always March. I don't I mean, know cause, for cause, certain. Cause if, if, we're, if we're burning two at a time, you know. But you, uh, you also remember that well, but also the Rebels goes on hiatus like what? Like the last weekend of I'm sorry, not the last weekend. The last week of like what November or the first week of December, and it doesn't show up again until what, like late January or early February. Right. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna go on hiatus. Uh. You know. But you know for you know so that um the, the last Jedi gets the attention. Sure. Yeah. Um. I agree. Um. Oh, by the way. Um. Speaking of solo. Um. So I know we're gonna have to talk a little about this. Uh. You know the solo itself, but I wanted to say that um I talked to a guy. Uh, in another chat room I'm in, um, he 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 follows a lot of like Hasbro, you know, toys. Um, you know, he follows a lot of the news of them, and he he's pretty confident that they will not push, uh, they will not push back Solo because um, the uh, the confirmation date for releasing of toys uh, for that film has pretty much been set already for Hasbro. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's no way that's getting pushed back. Yeah, so he 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 asks he, he's like I know that I I you know he's like I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure they're not gonna push it back because it I have been able to get confirmation that you know that Hasbro has scheduled you know to release toys for a solo around April. So that's how that's 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 just what I, that's one something I wanted to say on here. You know, um, in case anybody out there you know. Things that there may be a chance, you know, that that uh, it's going to get pushed back. Now, never say never, because you never know what can happen, you know. But it's good probably that it won't get pushed back, and you're going to see the solo film in May, as it's been advertised. But, uh, anyways, um, coming back to Rebels here. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see how it goes as far as that tomorrow, as, as far as this marketing push goes. You know, um, I'm inclined to think that they'll probably finish the series sooner than, you know, than what we've seen uh, because of the you know the whole two episode at a time thing. But um, yeah, um, did you want to did you want to talk about the uh, the next two episodes of Rebels? Yeah, we'll get into that real quick, and then we'll we'll save Solo for another day because that's 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 probably worth its own its episode. Uh, so, I liked the third and fourth episode a lot more than the first two. I love that we got Saw Gerrera back. I thought that was fun, seeing him kind of do his weird, quirky thing where he's getting more and more like the Forrest Whitaker character from Rogue One as opposed to the character we saw from the Clone Wars. And, and plus, it was really cool seeing, oh god, two tubes, seeing him pilot yeah. the U-Wing. I love that. And plus, I, I, plus, we got more Death Troopers. We got, like you were saying, Mark, earlier, we get more Rogue One, Rogue One stuff sprinkled in there. Right. Uh, it, was really, it was a really cool episode. It's, it's one of those episodes where I, I, was, I was genuinely thrilled that I was being sucked into it the way I was. Like, it's most people at this point know I am the, the uh, crankpot on here. I am the, I am the stick in the mud. I'm the wet noodle who doesn't like anything. But I really, like, I was, I was, like, toward the end of the episode when the kyber crystal's blowing up, I was on the edge of my seat. It's like, like, I was, I was, like, cool. I'm like, I'm on board with this. Yeah, no, definitely, here. It was really cool. Plus, you had, and, like, it's, like, talk about you're saying that how Rebels doesn't, like, go edgy. You know how many Imperials they killed this week? 
a whole lot. They killed him. They killed. They killed the uh, Titus, the British guy that Ezra keeps mis- messing with. Like even that was a fun joke, where he's like uh-huh. he tries to communicate with them through the the tower and chopper. He's like, <laughs> "Who are you?" It's like, "I am Captain Bron Titus, or whatever his name is." It's like this can't be Bron Titus. <laughs> I'm. It's like because that character is just a character that always keeps getting. Like I forget what he was like. At one point, he was like piloting like an experimental craft, and now he has to do like all these mundane things. And then the episode, and this episode, he dies. He he gets caught up in the explosion of the the radar dish. <laughs> and then think about it too, Mark. At the end of this episode, they 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 um everybody on the star destroyer dies. Right. You know how many people are on a star destroyer? Uh, it's like over a hundred. Yeah, Guerrero <laughs> led. There's a lot of widows that were made that day. At least a hundred. Yeah, at least a hundred. Yeah, I, I, I did like these two episodes more than the first two because uh, you know we are seeing a little bit more action, a little bit more weight. Um, you know, you're seeing, uh, you're seeing some. Uh, what I'm trying to say here. Uh, so Saw Guerrero, you know, you're seeing him. You know, kind of. Sort of uh, seeing another side to the you know of the coin when it comes to the rebellion. Um, you're you're seeing him. You know he is. He does not abide by anyone's rules. You know he. You know we we we're used to the rebellion having a chain of command and doing things based on this chain of command. He doesn't play by those rules. You know he he, he does the, he does his thing independently. And you see, you know, you see him speaking with Mon Mothma, saying that you know, you need you, you need to start being more aggressive, and you know, you know, stop this bureaucratic, you know, stuff that you're doing. Uh, you know, it's just getting in the way, and you know, it's you're not, you know, it's just you know, it's just not efficient. You know, you got you, you should be more like me, more free spirited, more you know, but, you know. Face the empire head on, otherwise, you know you're you will be doomed. You're gonna lose a war. Um, so you're seeing, you know, a dilemma here of do you want to be, you, you know, you're seeing the rebel the rebels, you know, of the Mon Mothma type, and then you're seeing the more rebellious rebels of the Saw Gerrera type, the partisans, and, right? Um, so it's like a. You know, and, then, and you see this in real life as well. Uh, you know, in um, with you know, you see this in politics. Even in politics, you know, you, you have one side of, of of the aisle which is actually made of multiple sides uh, of, of multiple factions. You know, factions within a faction. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, you know, they kind of have. You know, they all have a similar goal. They all have you know pretty similar ideologies. But their their approaches on things maybe may differ, you know, uh, to certain degrees. Um, so yeah, so you're you're seeing kind of a, you know, sort of a moral dilemma here in these in these two episodes. Uh, you know, should we you know be more like should we be more like Mon Mothma or should we be more like uh, Saw Gerrera? And um, you know, sometimes, and I think at the end of these two episodes, the lesson is that. You know, some missions call for you know strategic uh, tactics like Mon Mothma does, and some other, you know, some other uh, missions call for you know more of a um, free-spirited type of a you know 
measures like of Saul Guerrero, you know, teaches, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's the lessons of these of these two episodes that, you know, that every situation is going to be different, you know. Some of them, you know, you, they could be, you could do them exactly how you planned it out yourself. Other ones, you're just going to have to go with the flow. Yeah, I agree. So, so yeah, but to conclude... I have something for you guys. To conclude, there are 9,235 officers, 27,850 enlisted, 9,700 stormtroopers for a total of 46,785 soldiers aboard an Imperial class start Imperial I class star destroyer, one class star destroyer. I can't tell the difference right now. I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. I class star destroyer. So yeah, about forty five thousand people dead. Yep. yep. See, so he's, and that doesn't in include that doesn't include the cl- the field trip by the fourth grade class of Miss Johnson <laughs> that was there. T- <laughs> <laughs> speaking of oh, speak, speaking of uh, speaking of people that were on, you know. On board and stuff. So, uh, one of the interesting, you know, talking about tie-ins to Rogue One. Uh, so we had, you know, we have Saw Gerrera, we have two tubes, uh, but we also have things like um, Kyber crystals, uh, mention of the planet Jeddah, and also, uh, yeah, the whole thing with the uh, kidnapped uh, scientist. Yeah, that they were I kidnapped think they're, for their I think team. they're setting up for it. Yeah. So. I don't think the series will end with that. I just think they're filling in with how certain things fell into place. Well, you know what I'm going to say? I'm willing to... Okay, this, this is worth... This might be its own episode, so I don't want to get too far into it. But I think it's almost certain that we see Director Krennic. He's going to definitely show up. Uh, I feel that it's going... To, we're going to see Cassian Andor and K2. I think they're, they are also going to definitely show up. Or it's going to be because something that our that the, the ghost crew does that they directly get enlisted or something. We're going. We're not going to see a lot of Cassian. We might see K two because I, I would imagine Alec, Alan Tudyk would love to come back as this character. And the only other thing I have, I have two sneaking suspicions. One of them is I think it's going to be the ghost crew who gives Cassian the intel of where Jin is. On, on Wobani. I feel he they're going to be the ones, because prior to Rogue One, I was convinced that the, the I guess what would you call it, the mid-season finale of, of Rebels that year was going to end with um, the Ghost crew being the ones who arrest Jyn or so. And obviously that didn't come to pass. Uh, but I, I'm convinced they're going to have, their, their actions are going to directly lead into Rogue One beyond just something like, oh, the Princess Leia um, Hammerhead Corvettes were going to be the ones that we see. It's going to be something very explicit explicit and directly tied to the film. And here's my favorite uh, prediction. I'm going to put my Swami hat on for this one. I recognize this during my first showing of Rogue One. When we first see uh, Saw Gerrera's Partisans, and I'm saying this into the group chat now, and I'm also going to post it in the show notes, we see a... In the group of partisans, we see a guy wearing a black scout trooper helmet, and is yeah. Um, what's the deal with that? Well, Mark, what helmet has Ezra been wearing for most of season three and season four? 
A scout trooper helmet. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And this one is painted black. Obviously, I don't think this is meant to. The, I'm sorry, the Rogue One one. Uh, the Rogue One guy is wearing a black scout trooper helmet, and I don't think it's meant to imply shadow troopers. I, I, I don't think that's what it's meant to imply in Rogue One. I think it's obviously a helmet that's been given the paint job, and that would make sense. And we do not, and obviously, Ezra cannot be a Jedi. He's either going to die at the end of this season along with Kanan, or he's going to renounce his his Jedi. He's going he's gonna to lose his Jedi card. And I think that's what's going to happen. Because I remember even I remember back during. Well, how does one scene, lose their Jedi card? I mean, that's kind of something you don't just give up on and not well, ever look, use the abilities again. Well, you could be like Luke. You could just walk away from it. You could, or look what Kanan did. Didn't Kanan do that back during the 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 New Dawn book and right after his comic series? Doesn't they just walk away from it? Meh. Meh. And that's what it could be. You, well, I, I, I don't know. I think, but I have a feeling that the fact that we see a black scout trooper, and it's the sort of cameo that Lucasfilm loves doing, where it's like, oh, it, it's like it's never going to be definitively given. Like, like season four could end with Ezra going off with the partisans, and that's just that's just how it ends. It's not like, oh, we definitely know this guy's Ezra. It could just be another one of these things where it's kind of like. What they've done, like where they've now amended like parts of the Battle of Yavin, where it's like, oh, this pilot was technically there at this point. You don't know it's them, but it could be them in this Tie Fighter, or it's it's gonna be one of those where it's just like we don't know for certain who's specific. Like, well, never. It's never gonna be like they're gonna go back and amend Return of the Jedi or A New Hope and be like, oh. Oh, come in, come in, uh, Iden Versio. They're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to change the movies to, to, to fit no. this ancillary merchandise and product and all that. But it's <laughs> going to be something for the fans, this to ponder over. Bam it up. So, yes, that's that's my prediction. The The Black Scout Trooper from Rogue One and the Partisans is, is going to be Ezra. Will I be wrong? Probably, but it's a fun prediction. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at KOV Podcast. Make sure to check out SkywardFunSupply.com for all your toy needs. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. Or don't. Clearly, most people don't. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter at RogueKnight, K-N-I-T-E. Where can people find you guys? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SWMegafan. That's S-W-M-E-G-A-F-A-N. And you can find me, Zinger, on my own show, Zing This, and that is Z-E-N-G This, where we talk about tons of nerdy topics. And coming soon, Zang That, the yes. after-the-show post-talk, where we yes. talk about Zang This on Zang That. So where, if you where, like... It is, it is the first podcast commentary of a podcast. So, oh my gosh, it sounds like the most boring thing ever. It sounds fantastic. So if you like Yo Dog, I heard you like Zeng This. So we put some Zeng This in your Zeng That. So you can be listening to Zeng This while you're Zenging That. That's the tagline. That's that's actually on the logo art. <laughs> my brain hurts. Exactly. It's just like an exhibit meme. Alrighty, guys. It was fun. Take it easy. That's not a thing. That's not a it, thing. It should be a thing. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. More important right. question has been brought up now. Mark, do you watch anything that's not Star Wars? 
I have, but I'm not. I'm not a movie buff. I, uh, but I have. You know, I, I I've watched all the Rocky movies uh, now. Um, I've seen all the Terminator movies. I'm about to watch all the uh, Chucky movies. You know, all the all those. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, I just started with one, so I'm working my way up to seven, which just came out a few weeks ago. Actually, literally just came out a few weeks ago. Um, so you know, to so see how that is one it, goes. So is it sad? I was waiting for him to say, "Oh, I've don't don't worry, I've watched Indiana Jones." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have, I, I, I have not seen. Uh, Indiana Jones movies for a long time. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess to that. Uh, I have not seen them. I have not seen any of the Alien movies. I have not seen any of the Predator movies. Um, well, I have not seen any of the Jason movies. Not that I can think of, at least. Um, Mark, Mark, what's your favorite movie? And have you actually seen it? Uh, it's Wars? not Star Wars. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. Um, I'm gonna have to say the. The, the the Dark Knight movies I've written randomly. Okay. Solid. Now my guilty pleasure is uh, the fa- the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, not you know because they're you know cinematic marvels so to speak, but they're just yeah. I just like watching cars and you know people okay. driving car. I, I I have a thing for this and I'll make it quick so we can get vaguely back on track. I never anymore. I mean I'll make fun. Of the Fast and Furious movies, but you know what? If you had told anybody when those movies first came out the plot line for the most recent one, they would laugh in your face and be like, Haha, there's no way that that's the same movie series. I don't understand how these movies have continued to sort of change into what they are now. Like it blows my mind on like a if it like everyone's like oh you well you don't need to watch this one you need to watch this one it's like no I need to watch all of them because how they've gone from being just some people stealing what what was it DVD players <laughs> yeah. to international like superheroes I don't know what happened in between that caused this yeah I'll give you I'll give you two words two words Justin Lin director Justin Lin. Just because nah. he was involved with the third one, the third one didn't go anywhere. No, but um, because at the time it was thought about, all right, let's close this as a trilogy, and it's you know, and so a but, trilogy with none of the main actors involved. Right, right. Ex- except you know, with that weird cameo of a uh, of uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. who shows up for ten yeah, seconds. Man. Yeah, um, but um, I, I I think what happened <laughs> with. <laughs> I think what happened from there is that they kind of, you know, they saw an opportunity. They, they liked his cinematography. You know, the, the, they liked the way that uh, the look of the third one. And they thought, hmm, maybe we can have this be more, you know, up to date and, and actually build a franchise. Like, yes, it didn't do that well, but um, they saw something that maybe there's still some legs in this in this. So they went with you know the fourth one, that one also didn't do as hot, uh, but it did better than the third one. And a lot of people did like the return of the you know, some of the characters from the original uh, Fast and Furious movie. Um, and then they just built up from there. And I mean, it just kind of they you know they they went away from the whole you know street racing in their local neighborhood or whatever to you know become you know doing these uh, you know international heist. And uh, 
but uh, yeah, the first two movies uh, do feel like uh, they, they feel like B movies, like like movies that yep. you you know that you see on TV on a Saturday afternoon or something. And you know. I mean, to be honest, I've I can't remember which the last one I've watched, but I enjoy watching the trailer and trying to figure out what the crap is going on now. <laughs> I, was like, like, I, I don't say... I don't need to see the movie. Just tell me the premise of what's going on. Have me just have my mind blown by like how did they get here. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're not that deep. They're, they're, these movies are not deep. Oh, they they, I, I'm sure the the amount of depth this movie has could probably fit into a kiddie pool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's more of like the uh, the uh, I think it's more of the nostalgia. Um, you know, it's just uh, the same message about family, and you know, the yep. same. Uh, you know, when 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 the first one came out, it was like what 2001. I was just in high school, and you know, I think when that movie came out, I think a lot of people did. It it, it did kind of did create a lot of buzz and stuff. You know, I remember a lot of girls having a crush on Vin Diesel back then too, and all this and that. And uh, but uh, you know, it was a little, it, it did kind of you know a lot of just people just like the cars and like you know uh, you know I mean to this day you see you, you see people uh, talk about uh, what's his name Paul Walker's characters. Uh, his car, what they call a super or whatever, I don't know what it. You, know. you see a lot of you see there's there's a there's a there's a large fan base of car enthusiasts that still watch these movies, even though it's not about you know the cars per se anymore. You know, it's about family. Uh, yeah, it's about, it's about family. family. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, so that's the allure about it. That's why I like them still. And uh, you know, I know I see people online. It's like, why do they keep making these? It's like, well, I mean, it's just like. They make money. Mark. They they make yeah. money. Why is their Transformers movies continuing to be made? Trust me, I love Transformers, not the movies, but they keep getting made because guess what? Michael Bay makes money. Michael Bay on every occasion he can makes money. Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, Fast and Furious movies, I would say they're better than than Transformers movies. Uh, you know, for the most part as far as uh, you know, I mean, they get higher uh they get higher uh run tomatoes ratings and you know, and uh, the, the you know recent recent uh, Fast and Furious movies have gotten pretty decent uh, scores on that. Um, but yeah, there are going to be people that don't like them. But whatever, yeah, that's them. Yeah, Fast and Furious movies. I, it's funny how like, Zenger brought that up, or brought it up as like thinking about this series. I can still remember seeing Too Fast, Too Furious, or everyone calls it the gay one. Uh, <laughs> it, it's the most subtle homo, uh, homosexual relationship in cinematic history, where it's like. I'm pretty sure that um, Tyrese Gibson and Paul Walker. It, it's just so. I, I remember like people saying that. And it's like, oh, I don't see it. Cause, like I remember, I grew up with that movie. That was always. I always preferred that one to the first one. And like now that I look back at the entire series, and I'm like, yeah, there was there was some undertones there that are really kind of hard to miss. Especially them wrestling in the dirt, and like the guy, and like the other FBI guys just like watching them wrestle in the dirt for a couple minutes. It's that, that's really weird when you think about it. <laughs> in, in a movie, in a film franchise is about stealing cars, or at least it was still up to that point about stealing cars. I can still, I, I, I always liked the Fast and Furious. I liked number two. First one was fine. Uh, I wasn't thrilled about number three. Uh, I liked number four. And then I remember, like, when number five came out, I went to go see it, because I always liked the street racing. So I remember I sat down the Fast and Furious 5, because I'm like, oh, I, I love the street racing element of it. I, I really like that. And I remember watching the movie, I'm like, you know, I love the the, the the bank vault through the streets of Rio de Janeiro. That, that, that that's, that's a great sequence. It's like, where's the street racing? Because there's at one point in that film, they actually do street racing, and they literally, the moment it starts cut away from it, and the scene then picks up, 
after them winning the street race. I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> it's it's kind of going to a Star Wars movie and not getting a space battle. It's like it's called Star Wars. This is Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and like Zenger says, now they're like, like God, what was the plot? To this? The sixth one's the weirdest movie because it has I, no one can remember the plot to the sixth one. Because it kind of, I, I don't know, what even goes on in the sixth one? All I know is like a plane that takes off for like an hour. Yeah. yeah. Longest runway in the world. And then the <laughs> next one, aren't they in like Antarctica or like That's running away from one. a sub or something? That's the eighth one. That's the eighth then isn't one. Then is there a, uh, like a chase on like a highway with a tank? That's the Once again, cases. I'm saying this stuff and I'm still in my head going, they, they, they stole DVD players. <laughs> no, it's oh, such a man. weird franchise. You, you, you know what's weird? Like when you look back at the first one, you just I know it's dated. You look back at the first one, and that one scene with the, the guys in the computer, he's using a floppy disk. That's great. It's <laughs> so great. Oh man, that first yeah. movie. Because it's funny. Over the summer, I got a really good deal, like on all the eight films, like one of those box sets, and I was like so happy to like go back. I'm so like like I couldn't wait to go back and watch the first two because I still have my full screen DVD versions of both of them. And so like, oh wow, now I finally get to see 33 percent more of the picture. And so like, I'm watching the first one, and like you were saying, Mark. It's so, like, antiquated. Even though it told me, like, what, 17 years ago or, like, 16, 17 years ago? Yeah. It's just, oh, man. It's just, like, everything. It's just, like, between, like, the dress, like, how they're dressing. Yeah, and Ja Rule like coming out. Fashion. Yeah, Ja Rule, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, like, in the second, like I said, the second one, at least, they've tried to tie the second one in. Because, like, they, didn't they bring Eva Mendez in for, like, one, like, like cameo at the end of one of the movies? Yeah, they brought her in like the 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 end of the fifth one, but um, the cameo, but um, that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, no, nah, it's just. Well, I figure Eva Mendes has, has like better things to do. Like she, well, I know she's she hasn't been in the movie in a while. Yeah, no, it's been a oh. while. Isn't she with? Uh, I think maybe like didn't she get in a relationship with what's with uh, with, with Mr. Dreamy Ryan Gosling? Yeah, mm. so no, they're busy with that. Ryan Gosling. Uh, I am not yeah. kidding. You know. Uh, you, you, you know what I also think that kind of turned these Fast and Furious movies around? The Rock. The, I think Rock got- is, the Rock is like a black hole of charisma. And I mean that in the most positive. Like, all the charisma in the universe, he collects all of it. He yeah. sucks charisma. At, like, imagine, like, like, the mummy. But instead of, like, sucking the flesh off people, it's charisma. Like, they bring, like, 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 like a 16-year-old, like, peppy teenager into The Rock's trailer. And he just, like, absorbs their charisma. And it's like, I'm The Rock. I am the greatest. I'm going to make you great, too. The Rock is Richard Simmons, and Richard Simmons knew how to exercise properly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it is. It's true. The Rock is just this charismatic, just larger-than-life person. And it's great. Like, number seven has the greatest, arguably one of the greatest lines in the entire series of... The Rock's in a hospital with like a cast on his arm, and he like looks out the window, and the city's exploding. He's like, and the doctor's like, "The Rock, what are you doing?" He's like, "Daddy needs to go to work," and like breaks the cast <laughs> off of his arm. It's like, are you watching? It's, it's so absurd. But the best part about it is that the series is so aware of how absurd it is. So like, you have no problem with it. It's like even the eighth film. The eighth film involves a nuclear submarine chasing them in the Arctic Circle. But it's like, and, and it's so funny is that everyone just accepts it and nobody questions how zany it is. 
Yeah, it's got its charm. It's because it's, it's charm, man. It's got it's got a charm to it. That's why. Uh, that's why nobody really questions it. Uh, I mean, they know it's not you know greatest cinematic piece ever, but you know it's got some charm at least. All right, yeah. so I have, I have to ask, is there anything more we want to talk about the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise? Because I feel like I'm going I'm to be tagging this onto the end of this episode. As I'm going to have to remove the entire, like, 15, 20-minute block. All right, if, if you're editing this, um, do either of you guys watch American Dad at all? Not no. anymore. Oh, my gosh. Okay, there's an episode where, um, and this, this, is, this, this is played into that picture you sent and everything else. <clears throat> there's an episode where they like get the script and this was back when like it's like the script for like Fast and the Furious 6 or something. This was back before like that that was even possible. Ugh. Like Steve comes across it and they start reading it and they're like this is the most epic thing ever and then they realize that there's a ton of like homosexual like overtones and stuff in it. <laughs> and they and they think it's a mess up so they get it to a producer and and what and what they did was they took it and edited it to make it um to make it like take take out all those scenes and everything and it was like a I think they said it was like a five hundred page script and it when they were done editing it it came out to like twenty pages <laughs> out, out <laughs> any of the homosexual stuff so they took it to one of the um, producers and he reads it and then he sits there and he goes all right where's all the homosexual stuff and they're like what are you talking about and they're like. We know this guy's writing. He always writes them this way. We just cut it out for American audiences. Everywhere else in the world, it's it, it was it was just so it, it was such a joke on itself of of how just over the top silly those movies are on top of just like everything else. So it was it was really funny. And I'm done now. Oh, the bromance! The, the, like I said, the, the bromance is a very like, that's why I think Fast and Furious eight. Did not like resonate like obviously after the Paul Walker. Like that's really I remember like during the summer of 2013, like looking at like the box office for uh, Fast and Furious Six. I mean, like there's no way they're gonna be able to sustain this. There's no way. And at that point, everybody forgets before Paul Walker died, Universal wanted a new Fast and Furious movie every year. They were basically gonna lock the entire cast into like like a five-year production cycle where like every year they were just produce one film. And then obviously when Paul Walker died, they had to slow it down. Plus they, they kind of take a step back. That was a fun day. Well, okay. I don't mean that fun, but it was an interesting day in like entertainment news because yeah. it was, it was interesting. Cause like in all honesty, universal could have scrapped the entire seventh film and paid off by their insurers and yep. started from step one. And that's why it was like interesting like, what they were going to do. And I remember people like, oh, how are they going to kill off Paul Walker? And I'm like, folks, there are there is no way they kill off Paul Walker, especially in a series about cars. The yeah. man died in a car accident. There's no way they're going to have him on screen die in a car accident. It's like, and, and, that, and obviously that's where we get the technology like we got with like CGI Tarkin and Leia, where they try right. to like uh, Frankenstein's monster recreate him. But, but yeah, like I, I feel that a lot. Like a big component of the franchise is the bromance angle, and now that that's gone, and especially now that like the Vin Diesel like hates every single person, every single one of his like cast members, it's <laughs> gonna be really, it's gonna be really interesting to see like how this franchise. Because Vin, D, like I know they're gonna do the Rock and like the Jason Statham spinoffs, but it's like 
uh, how do you do like again? That's what happened with Too Fast, Too Furious in the uh, Tokyo Drift. It's like this series was Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Obviously, the audience is willing to accept that Paul Walker is no longer around. But like, you take Vin Diesel out of this, and I think they're going to have problems. Vin Diesel can float one franchise, and that's the Fast and Furious franchise. Right. So, so are we saying he's a bad actor, by the way? Or oh, absolutely. Vin Diesel has I, the acting prowess of a cardboard cutout. I disagree. No, I, I disagree. I mean, he, have you the, seen Perfect? I mean, not Perfect Dark. Wrong thing. <laughs> um, Don't you dare say Pitch, pitch Black. Don't you dare say Pitch Black. He. He's a nerd just like the rest of us. He loves playing D&D. He just gets typecast into all these roles, and anytime he tries to do something he enjoys, it always ends badly. That Okay, because he likes the same things we like does not mean he's good at his job. <laughs> ben Affleck yeah. like Batman. Exactly. You mean Buttman. We can never get back on topic. <laughs> But okay. real, 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 real quick, uh, real, real quick, uh, I, I will say that uh, they, uh, you know, they, they were gonna release a ninth uh, Fast and Furious movie in twenty nineteen, but they pushed it back to twenty twenty. So, yeah, but, so uh, we, have, we have to wait. We have to wait three years for another film that's gonna be about cars, just barely in some weird. Like they really need to shoot the cars into outer space. Like th- that had. Don't they joke. Go- Apparently, that 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 was supposedly a plot. Thing. That's that's gonna happen. I hope. That, that that's gotta happen. That's gonna happen. You, you they know strap happen. a jet rocket to like a Dodge Charger. They shoot Vin <laughs> Diesel into space, much like how Transformers Four ends with Optimus <laughs> Prime going to kill God. That's how Transformers Nine should end with uh, with uh, Vin Diesel being shot into space on his Dodge. No, see, uh, you're, you're missing the greatest thing ever. You know, there's a possibility they're going to do a crossover with those two franchises too. No, they're two different studios. I'm, I'm saying, dude, do you want you want to see something that will print money? I just told you how to print money. Transformers and Fast and Furious. Think about it. Oh man, I'm still waiting for the 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 Godzilla versus King Kong versus Pacific Rim franchise. They had something where they were talking about that the other. I know. Something I was watching or listening to, like how that would work, and it was the most confusing thing possible. Where they're like, it has to be an alternate reality. Yeah. Well, they, they are. They, I mean, it's been confirmed that the, the King Kong and uh, Godzilla will fight. But yeah, they, they, that's been confirmed. But I, didn't, I I didn't hear about the whole Pacific Rim. But, yes, they they they're all owned by the same studio. So it's like, why can't you just go take take that tiny little well, step and make it happen? Well, no, well that's a Pacific Rim changed studios. Now now it's at Universal. Oh, and actually, because King Kong and um, Godzilla are at Warner Brothers. Uh, they were Pacific Rim One was released by Warner Brothers, but when Universal, I don't know, like their their new partnership with Legendary Pictures a couple of years ago, yeah, and, that, and that's the new Pacific Rim, which looks awful. But as somebody who drank the Kool Aid hard on Pacific Rim One, I mean, like I drank that Kool Aid hard. <laughs> like I mean, like 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 honestly, it's kind of like like a zanger who mixes his Diet Coke. With 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 some Jack Daniels, I drank. Oh that, no, like, it, it was it was cracking rum, so even worse. <laughs> there you that. go. So, but yeah, the Pacific Rim, like like I could because it's funny. I, I everyone was waiting for that Pacific Rim two trailer, and like it was supposed to come out like I don't know, like like a Friday, and I was actually in the theater for Blade Runner two, 
And I saw, and like, oh man, the trailer's starting, like, oh, please don't let it be Pacific Rim 2. And I'm watching this, and it comes across as the, oh god, it's like, okay, a little bit of context. When Pacific Rim was coming out initially, I couldn't figure out why they weren't trying to market that film to kids. And I just couldn't figure it out for like, I'm like, I'm like, like there are so many kids out there that would eat up this film. Because like, no commercials ever played on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. And then I see the trailer for Pacific Rim 2, and it seems like all they're doing is marketing to people under the age of like 15. And it's like, it's a, it's a tonal whiplash from what Guillermo del Toro was trying to do. Make a movie about giant robots fighting monsters? Yes, but Guillermo del Toro gave it an epic quality that this thing looks like. It's a difference between making, oh, God, like an A, a level, A plus picture with the material. Like, yes, giant robots versus giant monsters is a very schlocky premise. But Guillermo del Toro, much like how Steven Spielberg elevated Jaws like from a B movie to high art, I'm not saying Pacific Rim did that by any means, so. but Guillermo del Toro at least tried. Pacific Rim Uprising says, you know what, we're going to take that and we're going to make it Saturday morning cartoon. Which is fine, they can go any direction they want, but it's it's a tonal whiplash. You, you can't just go directly from... It, it, you need that the equivalent of Fast Five in there. You, the Pacific Rim franchise needs its own Fast Five, where you go from stealing DVD players to running away from a a Russian nuclear submarine. You need that step of dragging a safe through the streets of Rio de Janeiro. Every franchise needs that point where it evolves, and Pacific Rim has not earned that yet. How dare it. How dare it, indeed. I am going to protest. I'm going to write to my congressman, and I'm going to whine on the internet. So I think I have all my ducks in order. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. Fast and, Fur- Fast and Furious franchise. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Are we, are we done with this fr- yes. Fast and Furious franchise? I, 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 I think we're good. We, we'll, right. we'll have to do a miscellaneous one for this one. Uh, miscellaneous no, 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 this is definitely getting tagged on at the end.